Chapter 5 of A Cathedral Courtship by Kate Douglas Wiggin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Cathedral Courtship by Kate Douglas Wiggin. Chapter 5 London, Eli, Peterborough, and Lincoln. He. London, June 15, Walsingham House Hotel. As a cathedral town, London leaves much to be desired. There are too many hotels, too many people, and the distances are too great. For ten hours I kept a hansom galloping between St. Paul's and Westminster Abbey, with no result. I am now going to Ely, where I shall stay in the cathedral from morning till night, and have my meals brought to me on a tray by the verger. She. Eli, June 15, at Miss Kettlestring's lodgings. I have lost him. He was not at St. Paul's or Westminster in London. Great, cruel, busy, brutal London, that could swallow up any precious thing and make no sign. And he is not here. They say it is a very fine cathedral. Memoranda. The octagon is perhaps the most beautiful and original design to be found in the whole range of Gothic architecture. Remember also the retro-choir. The lower tier of windows consists of three long lancets, with groups of purebeck shafts at the angles, the upper, of five lancets, diminishing from the center, and set back, as in the Clare story, with an arcade supported by shafts. I don't believe even he could make head or tail of this. Remember the curious bosses under the brackets of the stone altar in the Alcock Chapel? They represent ammonites projecting from your shells and biting each other. If I were an ammonite I know I should bite Aunt Cecilia. Look up, ammonite. He. Eli. June 18. The Lamb Hotel. I cannot find her. Am racked with rheumatic pains sitting in this big, empty, solitary, hollow, reverberating, damp, desolate, deserted cathedral hour after hour. On to Peterborough this evening. She. Peterborough, June 18. He is not here. The cathedral, even the celebrated West Front, seems to me somewhat overrated. Catherine of Aragon, or one of those Henry the Eighth wives, is buried here, also Mary Queen of Scots. But I am tired of looking at graves, viciously tired, too, of writing in this trumpery notebook. We move on this afternoon. He. Peterborough, June 19. A few more days of this modern love chase will unfit me for professional work. Try to draw the roof of the choir, a good specimen of early perp, and failed. Studied the itinerary again to see if it had any unsuspected suggestions in cipher. No go. York and Durham were double-starred by the Aunt Cecilia's curate as places for long stops. Perhaps we shall meet again there. Lincoln, June 22nd, The Black Boy Inn I am stopping at a beastly little hole, which has the one merit of being opposite Miss Schuyler's lodgings, for I have found her at last. My sketchbook has deteriorated in artistic value during the last two weeks. Many of its pages, while interesting to me as reminiscences, will hardly do for family or studio exhibition. 
if I should label them, the result would be something like this. 1. Sketch of a footstool and desk where I first saw Miss Schuyler kneeling. 2. Sketch of a carved oak chair, Miss Schuyler sitting in it. 3. Angel choir. Heads of Miss Schuyler introduced into the carving. 4. Altar screen. A row of full-length Miss Schuyler's holding lilies. 5. Tomb of a bishop, where I tied Miss Schuyler's shoe. 6. Tomb of another bishop, where I had to tie it again because I did it so badly the first time. 7. Sketch of the shoe, the shoelace worn out with much tying. 8. Sketch of the blessed verger who called her madam when we were walking together. 9. Sketch of her blush when he did it. The prettiest thing in the world. 10. Sketch of J. Q. Copley contemplating the ruins of his heart. How are the mighty fallen? She. Lincoln, June 23, at Miss Smallpage's, Castle Garden. This is one of the charmingest towns we have visited, and I am so glad Aunt Cecilia has a letter to the canon in residence, because it may keep her contented. We walked up Steep Hill this morning to see the Jew's house, but long before we reached it I had seen Mr. Copley sitting on a camp-stool, with his easel in front of him. Wonderful to relate, Aunt Cecilia recognized him, and was most cordial in her greeting. As for me, I was never so embarrassed in my life. I felt as if he knew that I had expected to see him in London and Eli and Peterborough, though, of course, he couldn't know it, even if he looked for— and missed me in those three dreary and overestimated places he had made a most beautiful drawing of the jew's house and completed his conquest of aunt cecilia by presenting it to her i should like to know when my turn is coming but anyway she asked him to luncheon and he came and we had such a cosy home-like meal together he is even nicer than he looks which is saying a good deal more than i should even to a locked book Aunt Cecilia dozed a little after luncheon, and Mr. Copley almost talked in whispers, he was so afraid of disturbing her nap. It is just in these trifling things that one can tell a true man, courtesy to elderly people and consideration for their weaknesses. He has done something in the world, I was sure that he had. He has a little income of his own, but he is too proud and ambitious to be an idler. He looked so manly when he talked about it standing up straight and strong in his knickerbockers i like men in knickerbockers aunt cecilia doesn't she says she doesn't see how a well-brought-up copley can go about with his legs in that condition i would give worlds to know how aunt cecilia ever unbent sufficiently to get engaged but as i was saying mr copley has accomplished something young as he is he has built three picturesque suburban churches suitable for weddings, and a state lunatic asylum. Aunt Cecilia says we shall have no worthy architecture until every building is made an exquisitely sincere representation of its deepest purpose, a symbol, as it were, of its indwelling meaning. I should think it would be very difficult to design a lunatic asylum on that basis, but I didn't dare say so as the idea seemed to present no incongruities to Mr. Copley. Their conversation is absolutely sublimated when they get to talking of architecture. I have just copied two quotations from Emerson, 
and am studying them every night for fifteen minutes before I go to sleep. I am going to quote them some time offhand, just after matins, when we are wandering about the cathedral grounds. The first is this. The Gothic cathedral is blossoming in stone, subdued by the insatiable demand of harmony in man. The mountain of granite blooms into an eternal flower, with the lightness and delicate finish as well as the aerial proportion and perspective of vegetable beauty. Then when he has recovered from the shock of this, here is my second. Nor can any lover of nature enter the old piles of English cathedrals without feeling that the forest overpowered the mind of the builder, and that his chisel, his saw and plane still reproduced its ferns, its spikes of flowers, its locust, elm, pine, and spruce. Memoranda. Lincoln Choir is an example of early English or first pointed, which can generally be told from something else by bold projecting buttresses and dog-tooth molding round the abacuses. The plural is my own, and it does not look right. Lincoln Castle was the scene of many prolonged sieges, and was once taken by Oliver Cromwell. End of chapter 5